Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Uh, I want to ask you about this details of something you told me about. You, you, you told me about you had a client who seemed like they'd rather work hard for two hours, extra hours a day, rather than have a difficult conversation. And, and many more than two hours, in fact. So, uh, yeah, uh, I have uh, a couple of clients, actually, who meet this, and, and I made a note about it, and then I couldn't remember which one it was. So if you think it was you, it probably wasn't, uh, for those of you <laughs> who are my clients who've, who've listened to, who listened to this. Uh, but uh, the situation was that the uh, person I'm coaching uh, kept uh, coming back and saying, oh, I'm sorry I'm late, or I, I couldn't get this piece of homework done, or this other bit I couldn't do. And when we drilled into why that was, it was because the person I was coaching was spending lots and lots of extra time. And the homework that the person was not doing and the coaching calls the person was not attending were partly for the purpose of clearing up more time for this person and making things work better. But the person seemed to prefer uh, working harder and doing more to having a difficult conversation, which then would have reduced future work for a long time. <laughs> so while we're busy laughing at that, we also ought to remember that we ourselves keep doing that kind of thing uh, anyway. So uh, although we might feel superior and might say, oh, yes, well, I would never do that. If you look a little harder, I think you might find that, in fact, you do. But I thought the observation was interesting. And, and you'd identified this as a, as a particular twitch that some people have, you know, that, that uh, if there's a, a potential for maybe conflict, they, they just think, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I can work around this. <laughs> I can work harder. I can do more. Yeah. And, and although this person doesn't want to come to the meeting, I can go to the meeting and then summarize it for them later and spend hours preparing for the next meeting. Whereas going to the person and saying, why the heck weren't you in the meeting might be painful in the short term, but would lead to much better meeting hygiene, maybe canceling the meeting, something else. These were the kinds of examples that came up over and over again. Oh, that's that's really interesting. You know, when you first told me about it, I, I thought, of course, what we always tell people is if you're doing your, your homework, which you mentioned, and the homework you had in mind was was having the conversation, but I was thinking of having conversational analysis. You know, if you're, mm. if you're, if you're doing the conversational analysis and you're, you know, say, oh, I left this meeting, I was really frustrated or, you know, whatever the scenario might be. And you are writing out your two column case study, this is going to show up. You know, you're going to see this disconnect between what's being said and what your thoughts are. Cause I, I imagine that person who says, well, I'll just go to the meeting and summarize they they might be be telling the person that we'll tell you I'll, I'll I'll go to the meeting and summarize it but their internal thoughts are you know why aren't you there why aren't you pulling your weight why aren't you doing the thing and this disconnect between what you're thinking and and what you're actually saying aloud would probably be a pretty common uh, uh, symptom here is would be my guess uh, and one thing to note is that uh, we're using some some terms here that newer listeners to the podcast might not be familiar with things like conversational analysis. And uh, maybe we should briefly say what that is. Do you want to do that or should I do that, Jeffrey? <laughs> sure. And maybe we'll also put a, a link in the show notes. So conversation analysis, and, and feel free to add on to this, of course, would be the, the um, uh, practice of writing out your uh, conversations and then analyzing them. There's, we have a, a framework called the four R's where you record the conversation you reflect on that conversation, you then revise and role play the conversation. And the idea is you're learning your conversational habits and then coming up with adjustments that would make your conversations more effective. 
which makes loads of sense if you're willing to put in the work. And that's exactly the challenge that I'm having with this type of client where the person says, well, uh, I'd love to do the work, but this other person won't let me. I have to do all this other stuff. So doing things like analyzing a conversation to discover how I could have less work to do is, is a bind that uh, many of us find ourselves in. And I, I don't want to have any, I don't want anyone to have a, uh, a view that I'm, I'm acting superior here or somehow saying that I don't, I'm not um, personally um, susceptible to this. This happens to all of us, I think. The trick is to catch it and to, to do something about it. And, and what might you do if you notice this particular twitch, Jeffrey? <laughs> well, I think it's going to depend on, on what flavor you have. The, the thing that's interesting to me is, is that the the kind of overall pattern here, uh, different people will be responding differently. In, in, in other words, in one case, it might be, uh, I don't want to go have this difficult conversation with the person because uh, I need to talk to them and, and ask them you know, to account for why they're not doing something. But, uh, but uh, I had another scenario come to mind, which is someone who might be uh, avoiding the difficult conversation of asking someone to clarify what they meant. Uh, or another something where you, you might be embarrassed. So the actual content of, of what might lead you to avoid a conversation is going to vary by person. But the friend we're saying first is to identify it. And then uh, we probably get into our, uh, we do have the general patterns, the general themes that we recommend, and this is uh, from our book, the kind of foundations of good conversation are that you're transparent and curious. And so if you have these these thoughts that you feel are unspeakable, well, actually you're going to have to, ideally you find a way that you can, you can say them. And that's part of the practice of the four R's is that you practice revising these and practice saying them aloud to find out in a way that you that's effective for you to to broach these topics that you find difficult, but but what people find difficult will, be, will vary. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's why the analysis is tremendously helpful. You know, there are two groups of people who read our book. Uh, the sort of people who say that was a really good book, I enjoyed that, and the other people said, "Man, this was a lot of hard work." The second people, second group of people, are getting a lot more from it, and. Uh, if you're willing to put in that work, now getting to the first stage of kind of pushing the, the, the first turn of the wheel to get the, the process moving, that can be challenging. I'm not going to um, uh, uh, sell that short. There's, there's certainly a lot to do to get moving. But one of the tricks about doing some kind of analysis, something that's written, something that helps you capture what's the barrier for me, what's stopping me making progress here, with my product manager, with my uh, team lead, with my stakeholder in the rest of the business, whatever it might be that I'm uh, the person that I'm working with who might be in my way, and that's my perception. The, the thing that writing it down helps you to do is this thing called self-distancing. Not social distancing, but self-distancing, where, where you get yourself uh, a little bit farther away from the situation and you can see it uh, more clearly. And when you do that, you can notice your twitch. What is it that's causing me to uh, uh, shy away from this, not to um, uh, ask the person to clarify, not uh, uh, commenting that this or that um, change to requirements will lead to four or five more hours work for my team and a, a late night? What uh, is the thing that actually blocks me? When you get it written down outside your head and you can externalize it, then you can find those things. And that's what I found actually helps the people that I'm coaching who get into this bind. And, and getting started, I think, is 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 often the the challenge here. People will 
uh, as you mentioned, people will read about it, think that this is a good idea, but then uh, not do it. So uh, one thing I'll say for people who are interested in getting started, uh, I'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to a monthly free uh, um, conversational dojo, which is a place to, to get practice. Because this is, it is really practice. And I think that's one of the, the, the uh, key ideas here, is that this is a skill you can develop. But, but what people find, and this is the part I find interesting about this topic, is that what people find difficult to discuss is very individual. You know, Absolutely. So one, one person has no difficulty in going to uh, hold someone else for account, but then there's some other conversations that they will avoid. <laughs> and, and, it's, and so it's a kind of very much a personal element here. This is a, this is a, a journey of individual uh, discovery rather than being something where it's one size fits all. Which is why we can't say every time you say, oh, don't worry, we'll work harder, that that's your twitch, that that's the thing to watch out for. We can't tell you what language is the, the um, signal for you. You have to do the analysis to get there. However, if you can do that, and if you need the help of a dojo or a coach or something like that, that's great. You can also do it with a piece of paper and a pen yourself, but it is the activation energy is high. The tendency to avoid it is it's like exercise. You kind of don't quite feel like doing it every day. But when you're able to do it, you will discover things that are keeping you in the, the loop of, for example, like my coaching clients, continuing to do more and more work when, in fact, there, you know there's something you could do to remove that work, but you're, you're avoiding it and the work is easier. That's the trap that, that I've seen. Yeah, a- absolutely. But it, but uh, it, you know, first you have to become aware of it. And I think that's that's one of the the challenges is to be aware that this is even what you're doing. Um, so th- this is a, that's something I think people can can check themselves for, and, and I think it will come up if you're doing the the conversation analysis. You'll you'll be able to find it. Okay. Well, if listeners have been inspired to do a conversational analysis, by the way, you can read about that in our book, Agile Conversations, uh, and you can find the book, Agile Conversations, and uh, videos from us, and the opportunity to tweet at us, and email us, and other things if you, if you have questions. All of that you can find, if you're interested, at agileconversations.com, and we're very happy to uh, answer questions, uh, listen to people who want to disagree with us, someone who thinks that working harder is the answer, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch. And of course, uh, you can come back and hear us again next week on Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl. <laughs>